Welcome to another episode of Searching for MacGuffin with your host, George, Gabe, and Link, as well as the ghost of Pele, apparently. <laughs> if, for those of you watching, Link was touched by an angel or something. Yeah. That's going on. It's Billy Gunn. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us today, a longtime friend of the show and longtime friend of me. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, 15 years? No, what? Be, what? 15 I'm, years, maybe I'm more? I'm 39, so I'm pretty sure it's more than <laughs> Well, middle school. Okay, okay. Oh. I had to do the math. 30. How? I don't know. How old are you in middle school? What was the year right now? Like, was it 7th grade? You're like 12 or to 14. 12 to 14. 11 to 14. Yeah. Yeah. 6th grade or 7th grade? Do you remember? 25 years. This is the 90s, correct? I think no. I want to say 7th grade. So okay. Like, who was your teacher when you got there? Mr. Skillen. Skillen? Oh, that's fifth grade. So <laughs> yeah, now you're yeah. like 11. Okay. Right? Yeah. So what's 39 minus 11? He's, I think he's still, I don't, 20, I don't think he's 20, with us anymore. So we not. can say his name. It's no, fine. He's not. Oh, he's not? No. Confirmed? Yeah, confirmed. Oh. I think he had one year and we were an awful class and he moved on. Oh, <laughs> I, I meant oh, with he, us like here on guys, Earth. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> you guys killed him? That's what I understood too. I was like, I was not there that day. <laughs> he gave up. <laughs> he's like, Confirmed, not with us anymore. I hope he's still around. <laughs> I hope so too, but he, he might not be. If not, we're talking about another Mr. Skillen. All right. If you ever hear this. So, what is that? 39 minus 11? 28. 28. 28. Okay. Wow. It's a big it's difference. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, 15. Yeah. yeah, we're about to hit double that in just a few months. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's been a long time. Uh, we've been up and down these roads. Yep. You're the guy, I think I've shared the story, you're the guy that called me in middle school after Phantom Menace. Yep. You had already left, we weren't in school together, and, nope. and we both agreed that it was a disappointment. And, and I'll, I was talking to you right before this, and I told you that was the first time I felt like I wasn't alone in this world. When right, someone, right, someone right, right. That Jar Jar. Ruin the movie. Dark times. Dark yeah. times. Maybe that's what killed Mr. Skillin. <laughs> Phantom Mess. <laughs> the prequels. Yeah. The prequels. We took him to watch it and then he <laughs> Never had, again, yeah. had a heart attack and died. Um, it was a class trip. And that's the day your, that's the day your class you know, died. Yeah. I've gotten feedback that you don't talk directly into the mic either, by the way, Link. So She's <laughs> looking at you. you. Always gotta put up the level. There you hey, go. I'm gonna make out right. with my mic. So whether it be Star Wars, where it be wrestling, we're backyard wrestlers together. Yes, but that's a story for another time. I'm yeah. a big fan. Oh, are you now of of his character? Yeah. Yes, Why? the badass. The badass. That's oh, right. One of my that's favorites. That's right. That's right. Mm, a very interesting take on Stone Cold, uh, Unchained Stone Cold, probably. Yeah, and you know what? And it was the inspiration for John Moxley's uh, character today. Yeah, <laughs> <He> just, <laughs> I think I think he just took. He must have seen those tapes somehow. I don't know. I don't know where. Hopefully at, no one else ever sees those tapes. At Lewis's house. Yeah. yeah. Maybe he was there. Yeah. Or the fence. But one longtime thing that we've shared, um, and that I think all of us has shared on some level in our lives, is the comic book collecting activity. Right. I said that really weird. That like, well, who calls it an activity? I guess a hobby. It's a hobby. It's a hobby. There, there you go. It's a hobby. There you go. It's a hobby. It's a lifestyle. And I always say that when it comes to knowledge of comic books, you're the guy I go to. You have like an encyclopedic knowledge of comic books from my perspective. Do you, do you feel like that's like overstating it? 
It is just because there is like a finite beginning or there's something finite to it. So there's mm-hmm. a beginning and to an end to the knowledge, right? So anything before 1980, I have some reference for just mm-hmm. because of reading back issues and whatnot. Yeah. But anything after maybe 2020, then I'm, I'm no longer part of active collecting. Yeah. So it's going to get lost. So the older I get, the more I will not know. But I also feel like, and that's funny that you would put that window and make it sound like it's a little bit. Did you guys were just impressed by that? Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. huge window. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. Oh, that yeah, that huge window. No, it's, it's longer than I've been alive. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then the other part of that is that you're like, the older you get, the less you'll know. But I feel like you keep going backwards. Yeah. And you keep pulling from older materials, so you might not be into the current like you might not have the knowledge base for what's been going on the last couple of years but i feel like you're moving that line like further and further back or deeper into that period with some of the stuff that maybe you knew tangentially growing up but now you're like filling out whole collections of stuff that amazes me you can even read to me. right so right to your to your example of getting yeah. deeper into it like really my sweet spot is dc comics between let's say after crisis to um infinite crisis and DC has published so many things outside of their mainstream titles. So, like, right now I'm getting into, you know, Dark Stars, uh, L-E-G-I-O-N, Legion. Mm. Uh, not Legion of Superheroes, actual Legion with, uh, like, aliens and stuff like that. They're so background characters. And you're, like, wondering, oh, I remember this guy from a team up here. And now I see an entire, like, 28-issue run. Let me start collecting that now mm. right? versus whatever DC is publishing now. You mentioned L E G I O N. What in what in the world does that stand for? Legion. But they just have a dot in you know through. It's like so. It's, it's like, like an, an acronym. acronym. For it is an acronym. Oh, it is. I just don't know. You just don't know what it is. Is it like Friends? <laughs> no, and it's a weird title. So they all have like Legion nineteen ninety three, and then Friends? Legion nineteen ninety four, and Legion nineteen ninety five. So what they just reboot the book every year? No, the numbering started you know when it started, and it continues. They just when the year changed, they added the year to the title. Okay, I, it's very weird. Friends stand, stands for something? Is that what? I don't know. There's a period. It's got to be something. Yeah. We got to find out what Legion stands for and what Friends, Friends. Mm. stands for. Comic book collecting. You mentioned getting into what's you guys have collected comic books, right? Yes. Uh, on like what level have you guys collected comic books? I went to a convention. Was it Megacon? It was Megacon, yeah. Megacon when I was very young. I went with you guys. 2007? Eight? That was very specific when you say you guys who's you guys it was us jonathan like your brother and i think lewis and yeah probably Mm -hmm. my sister and then i remember oh wow that place was awesome i got a signature from darwin cook that day that was that's awesome all right p the goat yeah so also oh, you so so that well, was you, you were there. We didn't, I think so. so yeah, yeah I think so. Yeah, I was gonna what, say we that. were all there. Yeah, <laughs> I think everyone on this y'all panel remember was him because <laughs> that's what I was alluding. You said us, and I was like, he was there, right? Yeah. And then, yeah, we got an action figure from that day. I oh, that, that hush figure. That's, that's right. right. I bought it and gave it to you. Oh, I feel like getting up and putting it in front of next time. Next time. Yeah, I remember going, and so like I remember all of you were like. We're very excited. Like, com- I guess Megacon had a bunch of different, um, you know, aspects of yep. like fandom and stuff. But comics was like, you know, the main, the main thing. thing. Yeah. Um. So I was kind of excited because I think this is one of my first conventions going with you guys. Mm-hmm. You know, traveling, all of us traveling caravan style up to Orlando, 
And I just remember it was kind of, I was trying to like figure out, you know, what, because comics is so vast, you know. Mm. I remember I just would read random issues that you would have at the house. And I remember you guys would go to the comic book shops by FIU, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah. Hurricane, Hurricane, rest in peace. Yeah. And um, so I was, you know, looking around and I don't know why I just, I ended up settling on um, Green Lantern. Yeah. With with Hal Jordan, I'm not really sure of the author, but That's I remember the J.F. John's I, run, right? Yeah, yeah. I Great bought a run. bunch of issues, yeah, and I and I took them home. That's a good place to start. And I was yeah. reading, and I was reading, I was reading them when I got home, and then I think one day, like my room was a mess, and one day I think uh, my mom was just cleaning out a bunch of stuff, and unfortunately, the stack of comics that I had was, yeah, I got lost in the, in the shuffle. Mm, After that, I never really collected again should have sued her i think it was it was too painful I think. it's not too late it's not too late but i think and trauma i think that was it for like me and like physical copies aside mm-hmm. from like yeah. books like whole like graphic novels that you would own right after that it was pretty much you know just digital i remember that year was a big year for trade paperbacks and hardcovers because that's the year that i got like the frank miller visionaries and those were like out of print but they had them there some guy had them and he either didn't know what he had or and i got them real cheap and i started just collecting like on my bookshelf to have them. Was that the year that you drew um, a phallic symbol on my brother's face? <laughs> yes, yes, yes. So yes, now yes, you remember. Yes, now I remember. <laughs> on the way. Bro, was it? You uh, are you talking about me? <laughs> yeah. Was it I love uh, that you were like, you were the only one who had no recollection. Was it, pon- it was Ponderosa next to the Ripley's yes. Believe It Upside Down house. <laughs> yeah. Dude, you drew that on his face with a sharp. <laughs> Is this gonna now be now? I podcast? remember you there. Yeah. No, you gotta edit this. Out. That's that's awful. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Jonathan. He doesn't listen. No, it was, <laughs> like, it was the funniest thing because it was like it was on his face and he did not he realize did not. it. Oh, now and I we remember. Go, we go and we inside. go inside the restaurant. Yes, and the people like serving him just looked. Oh us. yes, that's. And then the cashier was just like staring at him. <laughs> And she, and she got mad. She got mad at us. She's like, "Who did that?" To she thought it was us too, because it'd be something like oh, just no, kids. Kids. Yeah. It, was a, it was a college student that yeah. did. Remember, he was so pissed. Yes, he was mad. He was yes, so he was pissed. Mad. I love that his his payback was he, when he went to the bathroom. He put salt on your orange juice. On whose? On mine? No, on Socrates. Oh. I thought. Oh, wait, wait, it, it, balanced, it, it balanced the scale. That's right, that's right, that's right, that's right. A salty mouth while I was talking to Darwin Cook. Darwin yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Your dream was ruined. Oh, man, that was Big good. takeaway from that convention. Yeah. yeah. Takeaway. I, I believe we drove to the wrong convention center, too, at first. Yeah. yeah. And we were like, we were wrong. There's no convention. Yeah. Was it the one with the Iron Sheik? No, that was a uh, supercon. Yeah, it was Florida supercon yeah. down here. Were you, yeah. were you also there in that one? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> oh, you missed out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I just, that's the whole story. The Iron Sheik Iron was there Sheik with us. Insulting someone. Yeah. Comparing him to Hulk Hogan. Yeah. <laughs> racial epithets that can't be uttered. Can't be said. Yeah. In public or. Yeah, we'll get into cons a little bit if you want right now. Since yeah. Like we're on since topic. we transition, yeah, right I away. Typically, don't do cons just because of the entrance fee. Like I'm like. Man, want that money to go to the comics or go to something like i i hate paying 40 dollars to get somewhere just to then buy stuff you know what i mean i have plenty of access to comic shops and whatnot Mm -hmm. and that's really the main hurdle to um the cons but my sons both of them 
like to go there more in terms of experiencing the fandom of yeah. it all, really, and the showmanship of people in costumes, getting signatures and stuff like that. That, to me, is not the draw. But to please them, we have started going to cons up in Chattanooga. And actually, we did a couple of cons in Florida, really small ones, and that's typically the best ones, I think. <coughs> small ones? I agree, small I agree. Ones, I don't ones. think we really get small ones down here no. anymore. Not anymore, not anymore. It's yeah, because that was... That's my favorite memory as a kid with Town and Country Mall. Yeah. Oh, that was awesome. Used to just, it was kind of like a swap meet, basically. Yeah. And it was just like baseball cards, collectibles, yeah. comic books on long boxes. <laughs> and to me, that's what a convention was. It was like a place to find stuff that I can't get in my local store right. normally. And I think that's, I think it might be an age thing because I'm going to give you guys an opportunity to kind of like, you've been to conventions recently and what that is. But for us, I think it's just, to get access to physical product yeah. from our age. They didn't have any of that costume stuff. Nope. There weren't celebrities right. there. And that's just, like you said, not to draw for me. So those big ticket items and having to travel for them. And nowadays, you can kind of, with the internet, you can order anything from everywhere. So yeah. it becomes less and less about finding the comic books you want and more about experience that social nature. And I just, I just didn't grow up that way, I guess. Right, yeah. right, right, right. No, yeah, the big difference between the first time I went to Comic-Con, I believe in 2008, and last year was that <clears throat> when we went, I felt like the main the, the, the main people were the comic book artists and mm. writers, right? Right. That were there. Yeah. Um, they had some voice actors, mm -hmm. right? Some <clears throat> B-level B celebrities like uh, Lou Ferrigno. How dare you? Man, that's A plus right there. Yeah, man. That guy that's top tier, man. No, and really? I started beefing that day. Yeah. <laughs> You've gone back and you forth on Twitter. No, no, that was a Megacon. Oh. Um, but when I went last year, what I noticed more is that the comic book section got a lot smaller. It yeah. wasn't the main focus, and now it's all celebrities. Mm -hmm. And which is cool because some of these celebrities, like these voice acting actors, got very popular. Yeah. Um I remember I saw uh, what's the guy that died? Batman? Batman? Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy was there. Like, that's the last time I saw him. And he, his line was, like, packed, which I thought he deserved it, right? Sure. Yeah, yeah, hey, like, absolutely. Yeah, but then you had other celebrities there. Like, you know, you had the kids from Cobra Kai. You had the Hobbits there. Random, cool. random Power Ranger series. Random, yeah. <laughs> the Hobbits were there, which we ended, we ended up taking picture with, uh, with Frodo. Well, you ended up taking a picture next to a glass panel a glass, that yeah, a, Frodo was on the other yeah, side yeah, of. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, because of COVID? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Um, so, as someone who really enjoys comic book, I was disappointed about the change. Yeah. Because, um, like, man, like, I wanted, I want to, I, I like the other folks. Like, mm -hmm. I'd rather connect with these guys. Because the other people, you can actually talk to them. Yes. I mean, which was even better because everyone was focused on the celebrities that you could spend more time with. The comic book people yeah so i thought that was cool but yeah it's, that's the main focus now and also cosplaying and i remember one of the things that we ended up doing was speed uh, uh geek uh speed dating <laughs> yeah that was funny in your episode you did mention that yeah. i thought that was funny um which was yeah uh, hilarious yeah. right there but yeah the, the more it's not the focus is no longer on comic books mm -hmm. and, and that kind of bothered me oh okay interesting what about you gabe i know you went to new york con right is that mm -hmm. what it's called yeah, New York Comic Con. Yeah. Yeah. That was an actually inter interesting experience, I think. Because um, I'd never really been to a con outside of Florida before. 
and like New York Comic Con is like you know it's a big deal. It's yeah. pretty yeah. big. And, it's a big apple. Um, no oranges. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so I think going there, I, I realized. Um, I kept saying comics was like you know at the forefront. I feel like and like that's how I grew up. That's how I grew mm. up going to conventions. That was the big thing. As I got older, I started attending more Star Wars themed conventions, like Star Wars celebration, Star Wars celebration, and I realized with New York City Comic Con how big anime had gotten. Yeah, that's true. Anime and wrestling, like like Dragon Ball Z had a giant like. Um, I think it was superhero that they were promoting, mm-hmm. and it was there was like a giant Shenron and just like like life size uh, Goku's and Vegeta's that people could take pictures with. There was a bunch of Demon Slayer stuff, um, but I also think oh, wrestling was another big thing. AEW was there, yeah, and that's when I was you know getting into like you guys had got me into AEW, so I was able to see a lot of the wrestlers there. Um, but what you know, which I what, like it was weird because I didn't see as much comic stuff, or maybe I wasn't in the right areas. Um, but as Link was saying, I think the big draw is the the celebrities that go media. But media, I think, yeah. but I think it is a little the the prices are getting a little out of hand ridiculous, with yeah. either you know just a meet and greet or yeah like, the meet and greets are like so- the whole glass panel thing that took me out. Like I was just like, there's like why would I do that? I didn't get to touch. Uh, yeah, because so- you- <laughs> because also you guys like paid good money to like you know. Like take two, a picture yeah. with him yeah and a lot of people that saw your photo are like you photoshopped this i was like <laughs> no this is real we're right there's like this is a really bad photoshop job that's a real glass a, panel yeah. that's no and, and it's like yeah it's like a lot of those premium like celebrities are like 200 bucks yeah and so i remember it's one time lot. i went to like 200 dollars yeah for wow pictures. So i remember one like the one i we did it for it was a group of four of us mm-hmm. it was 50 bucks each we decided to split it, it was at celebration i think it was in orlando yeah and oh yeah here's the picture yeah it's right but it's part of our set yeah and um, wait wait so this guy's you know up there with people who would be worth that yeah Yeah. oh yeah yeah it wasn't ellen degeneres is uh, (laughs) (laughs) it was a no-brainer that is mark hamill (laughs) it looks like how dare you (laughs) it was it was a no-brainer for me and but that's what i'm saying like that one's worth it with the the glass i can understand understand, like for example for me he's just a person i you know i love everything he's done but Right. I wouldn't pay for it. Oh, I would have. But also, you're talking about 200 what split between four guys? Yeah, yeah. 50 bucks. 50 bucks, my yeah, bad. And it's bucks. like, you know, like, that, like, he's like the representation of, like, my favorite character in anything. Like, sure. So, you know, getting to meet Luke Skywalker. And the, the difference is, like, with that glasses, like, I was actually able, like, like, it goes by pretty quick, but you're actually able to shake his hand and actually give him a yeah. hug. Yeah. You can and, say you met the guy. In, yeah. Like, and, it's, and it's just like. For the privilege I mean, of that's like, I mean, it sounds, it could be dumb, but it's like. For some people, like you can get like emotional, like it's just like a bit. It's a big figure in your life. Mm-hmm. Um, that this is a person you never even met, but it's like you got to meet him. Yeah, at the gates of Mordor between me and and Frodo. <laughs> I we went to uh, a, a barbecue party before WrestleMania oh, that yeah. the Hardy Boys were, were hosting, there, yeah. and we went with a friend that happened to live in town in Orlando, and he was like a lapsed fan, hadn't watched for years, but he loved the Hardy Boys in the nineties. Yeah, so he's like, I'm gonna come. I'm gonna come. And then they had the photo op, and I think it was like a hundred. No, eighty bucks. Oh, it was eighty bucks for both. Yeah, for both, which okay, was pretty good. Yeah. pretty good. I mean, now because the, yeah. we got the prices now. Yeah, I, I mean, I say pretty good. I would never spend that money because he was like, "You guys gonna do it too?" And I was like, "No, nah, good." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was just gonna go get the barbecue. Well, those guys also. I mean, 
Matt and Jeff Hardy, right? Yeah. They stay in shape and they look kind of like the Hardy Boys back from the Jeff 90s. Jeff does, yes. Jeff does. So Matt's let himself go a little <laughs> I bit. I didn't say that, but okay. yes, Jeff does. <laughs> so you get at least one half of the Hardy Boys that looks <laughs> <Yeah>. like <laughs> they're actually wrestling because he is, right? Yeah. Or he was at that wrestling. time. Okay. Well, I don't know about you Jeff. Got two Matt doesn't. Oh, that's true. But so Matt doesn't have knees. That's a little different than, you know, a Lou Ferrigno who's 60 something, right? Right. Yeah. Well, but here's the thing. You were mad at Lou Ferrigno. The reason this beef goes is because you were a kid and he wanted what? 20 bucks to sign my Walmart copy of the Hulk. Right. And that was you as a kid. Now find someone that's going to do anything for you for 20 bucks. You're right. So it's like you've allowed that thing that traumatized you as a child is the norm. It's the culture. And you're talking about 40 bucks to get into Comic-Con. And then you want to meet someone and pay another 40 40, bucks, another 60 bucks. Like, well, that's that's a little different. So you're a kid, what, ten years old? Yeah, I was like eleven. Okay. And I, 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 the thing <laughs> too, I didn't know the proper etiquette for a convention. Right? Sure. I thought, oh, can you sign this for me? I got it at the Walmart bin. Right. You should be grateful. Right. That I bought it. <laughs> oh, because well, I found, I found right. it. There, that, that's right? a good turn. <laughs> so there's there's definitely a point where <laughs> the business stops, right? And you're just appeasing a young fan, and mm. you go out of your way uh, to yeah. right. encourage it's, this young fan, say hello. You know, pay respects to that part of yeah, you yeah. know, the fandom. Because so, you're like, how old, literally? But here, uh, yeah, I was, I think I was in twelfth, seventh, yeah, seventh so you, grade. So you're, and that's the thing too, like because we that day we were going to the comic book artists and they were signing our comic books mm-hmm. and, the, and the writers as well. Right, right. And just I buy, that buy, was, buy something or yeah, have it already. I right, just have know? it and they sign it. And yeah. I thought that was awesome. So I thought that would also translate to Lou Ferrigno. Right. But you're like a 12 year old kid. It did not. It did not. You're like a 12 year old kid with a 1970s like <laughs> film DVD. Like, give this kid a break, man. This you should be happy that someone who's like living now like he knows who you one, are. Yeah, it's not like a 40 year old dude. Yeah. Who's this like, was before I Love You Man came out, so no one knew who he was. I mean, I knew who he was. I didn't. My generation did. You knew he was the Hulk. That's all you knew. You yeah. Knew his, yeah. Yeah. Well, because, you know, his stand says that he's the whole, <laughs> oh, yeah. and you're looking at that DVD, yeah. and you're like, same guy. <laughs> but um, when I was growing up, Comic-Con was like Mecca. That's like the one, one, one day That's the one I, I want to go. go. But I grew up to the point where it's like, they don't even talk about comic books. It's no, all about it's, it's dropping trailers right. for movies. Stuff that doesn't even have to do with comics. You know, like that the cocaine a, bear That trailer, was another thing. Anything, anything has a panel. Anything. Everything has a panel. Like I, I listen, I like fantasy and Game of Thrones is fine, but like you're not comics. Why are you at Comic Con? But everyone's at Comic Con. No, it's just Pop Culture Con. Yeah, now. it's Pop Culture Con, yeah. And it's like for me it was like yeah, I don't really have to go there anymore. By the time I had enough money to fly go, to San right. Diego, right? right? And actually drop money. I don't and I even don't need to go. And no honestly, draw. even like with like the Star Wars conventions that I was still going to, I got to a point where I was like I was going into some of the panels, like some of the panels are actually really cool, but it's like is this was this worth a flight to Chicago? Yeah, for <laughs> I went to Orlando just because it was here, and Celebration burnt me out, and I was so thankful because I can't imagine how upset I would have been flying to another state. Yeah, the, I mean, the cool thing was like I got to explore Chicago, I got to see a new city I hadn't yeah, been right, before. Yeah. Chicago was great, by the way. Yeah, it's yeah. Oh, I love it. And they have great yeah. food. Yeah. Um, the Dark Knight spe- was filmed there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> but you spent three days in a convention hall. Uh, no, no. No, like I actually ended up getting, you know, stuck in Chicago. So I was actually able to stay another day and my friend had an extra ticket. But you did go to like three days of celebration? Yes. I was only supposed to be there for two Uh because I was supposed to come back because Game of Thrones was his last season premiering (laughs) and there was no knowledge of what was going to happen at that Mm -hmm. point with Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones. Um, But yeah, like a lot of like the excitement for panels, like trailer drops and stuff like that. 
when they were just releasing this stuff like the same day like on youtube at yeah. that exact moment yeah. and like at that point i was like you know i'm good i don't think i'm ever gonna go to one of these again yeah yeah it, it, you get excited about a commercial realize it's just commercial you're getting excited it's about propaganda it's, it's, it's too, not it's too yeah many. yeah it's you're not original to be marketed it, to yeah, yeah it is it's getting excited about marketing and that marketing is half real half you know just the explosions to get you geared up and really the movie Nine times out of ten is not really close to the trailer. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. the thing. I mean, that trailer was Rise of Skywalker. And- <laughs> <laughs> so that did in not retrospect, I think I'm even more mad. <laughs> <laughs> Every day that passes. Going back to the core collecting. Yeah. So you guys don't really collect nowadays. You do you collect anything? Um, no, I don't collect. I use um, whatever the library's app is, and that's how I. Read my uh, that's hoopla. Awesome. hoopla hoopla yeah that's what yeah. i do yeah i go i'm all digital now yeah so i use hoopla and whatever you have on comiXology yeah because i at some point i switched to digital and i was buying stuff yeah. like crazy there i haven't even read half of it yeah or more but they have those digital sales and it's like it doesn't cost them anything but me i'm like 99 cents i could buy this whole run i wanted to read yeah, yeah. but then you buy enough whole runs and you're like oh what yeah. what am i gonna read it and right. it's easy because all i have to do hey you heard this comic book is good <laughs> and I put that idea in George's mind. Yeah, pretty much. A few months later, he buys it. <laughs> That's his, because he, he works me. Yeah. He's like, hey, this, I heard it's really good. Hey, you got to check it out. You got to check it out. And then at some point, I wake up in the middle of the night and in a like in a dream state, I just buy comic books for Link to read. Yeah. yeah. So so you use the library. You haven't been really reading. I, you know, I buy digital at times. I'm not really in a place where I'm like reading a lot. Every time someone like suggests something, I'll, I'll go to Hoopla and stuff. You're still... At the comic book shop, yep. buying books. Some some new ones you said, I believe. I do. But so mostly back. Mostly back stuff. issues, back issues. Okay, what is that like and why have you maintained this yeah. this hobby? I'll tell you. So off the bat, there was a point of my childhood where I did not have TV. Right, My dad sold the TV. It was a devastating day for my brother and I. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds traumatic. And it lasted. It lasted a long time. So the uh, the only thing I really had for entertainment was, you know, going down to the store and buying comic books. So at that point, uh, Superman was in between dying and being reborn or whatever he... Or whatever it was. Yeah, whatever he was. And the four Superman and Spider-Man had his own thing. The Avengers had their own thing. And that became kind of my, my Nickelodeon, my Disney, my Fox and all that sort of stuff. And it was great because... You know, when we were kids, right, there was only the Saturday cartoons, yeah. and then that was it. And you'd have to wait until Saturday. And I think you, Cartoon Network launched at some point? Yeah, at some point there. Okay, yeah. but um, still, there was no ability to see reruns, but comics were always available. I would always be able to grab a comic, read it, put it on the shelf, read another one. Oh, this one referenced this other thing. Do I have it? Let me grab it. Read that one. Okay, I'm up to date. It was really nice to go back and forth between the collection and... Um, it filled the time, right? Because I had no TV. It's funny that you mentioned being able to just grab a comic book. Did you ever get to experience comic books at the grocery store? Yes. Yeah. Actually, actually, I did. So the, uh, I think it's still in Albertsons. It's right next to the Target there on Bird Road. Uh-huh. They had a spinner rack. Really? That's right. I remember that. Um, my mom going there once and me being like dumbfounded. And of all the things on that rack, I chose a Wizard Magazine. <laughs> Wizard Magazine was like a comic book. Uh, focused magazine had articles about creators and whatnot had a price guide the price guides in the back right right. it tells you every issue and how much it's worth and you would like check i have this one 
Three dollars and twenty five cents. It's gone up <laughs> from last year. Yeah, last yeah. month you it would was highlight $2. them all. Yeah, that's right. Uh, at least I would. <laughs> and I'd be like, yeah, yeah, we're growing, we're growing. And that's pretty cool. That <laughs> was, was like stock cool. trading for yeah. children. So we didn't have the internet, so you had the wizard, and you had that physical copy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and we were too young to really know what Overstreet was, which is the general price guide for mm-hmm. the industry. But back to the physical copies, I still collect physical copies, mostly back issues now. The only thing I stay current on is Nightwing because I just I love Dick Grayson. Um, even though DC is making it hard to be a Dick Grayson fan, I'm still sticking to it. Um, and there's another comic that is done by an independent company called Ahoy. It's called Dragonfly Man. And it basically, the premise is uh, Frank Miller Batman meets Adam West Batman. Mm-hmm. And they go on adventures and you have that dichotomy, which is awesome. I love Adam West Batman. Yeah, the older I get, the more he becomes my favorite Batman. I agree. The older you get, the more you appreciate it. Like yep. when I was young, I was too cool for Adam West Batman. I was like, <laughs> this isn't Batman. What is this? But now I'm like Brave and the Bold, the cartoon, or oh, Adam West. Like Those are awesome. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Goofy excellent. Batman. There's a space for him. Goofy Batman. So um, apart from working for a public utility, I also have a podcast on the side that I do with my family. Mm-hmm. And our latest episode is uh, a special on a character called The Email. And his uh, the way he talks is based uh, almost exclusively on Adam West and the way he addresses <laughs> Burt Ward or, you know, whatever adventure he's on. It's uh, it's pretty fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Let's do a little side quest. Let's talk a little bit about your show and, and how comic books and, and all this stuff that, you know, you grew up reading watching right. uh sh- has shaped that show for you um so as a kid right you're collecting comic books and then you know with <laughs> no tv there's still a lot of free time so you start uh, creating characters right and mm-hmm. i've invented over 100 characters and you know silly things like uh, like chicken man or whatever it is um so i have that 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 creative like itch that i'm always trying to scratch and um you started a podcast mm-hmm. And I was like, well, you know, if, if George can do it, yeah. then anybody she- can do it. <laughs> <laughs> this fool, especially to when when you're married to someone like my, like my wife, who is very IT savvy and able to navigate stuff. Like, really, I have uh, I mentioned I work for a public utility, and that work is is pretty demanding. So I'm in front of some sort of screen eight nine hours a day, or it's in the you know in my truck and the screen is there, or I have calls on the phone, and when I get off. The reason why I've stuck to the physical media of comics is because I'm not in front of a screen. Mm. I don't want to be in front of a screen oh, yeah. on my off time. So I'd rather just open up a, a floppy and then go through the 22 pages or whatever it is and then, you know, put that back in the stack and whatnot. So I'm not, you know, burning out my eyes further with a screen. What is a floppy? Floppy is, floppy is a derogatory term for a comic book. Okay, it's not a floppy. Oh, I, I thought it was a yeah. floppy. I, I, yeah. I thought it was a, a, a floppy. Floppies, so. floppies. So you have now in the era of trade paperbacks, right? Or graphic novels. Uh, that's the term for a comic book. A floppy. Oh, it's, you know, it's just so derogatory. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it is. Almost like a flaccid. <laughs> <laughs> it kind of is, right? Hey, so, <laughs> so the floppy really, you're getting a bit of the story nowadays, right? So it's usually six oh, yeah. issues makes the one arc of the graphic novel or oh, the trade. It, it's, they still doing that? Because they it feels like it, it goes like 12 or 18. If they changed now. it, then they're still doing it though. So the one floppy is somewhat flaccid. Unless mm-hmm. I guess you get the first one. <laughs> And the last one of the story. And that's where you get your punches and whatnot and set up. But uh, everything in between definitely falls on the flaccid side. You're like, I need this other one. And then I need three more. Mm-hmm. And then, ah. Uh, 
So then you haven't gone digital with your comic books. I have not. The intent was, there was a point where I, I've moved a couple of times. So right now I live in Chattanooga. Um, and before I moved, I purged. So I moved from, let's say, Little Havana to South Miami. And I purged half my collection there. Really? What'd oh, you do with it? I, I essentially gave it away. Um, which was awful because I've actually rebought all that stuff. It was, <laughs> it was all like 90s X-Men and 90s image stuff. And I just love that stuff so much because it takes me right back to being 11, 12, 13. Um, and that's that's kind of what I want to collect. Yeah. That, that's when I really like the characters. Um, so I've ended up rebuying all that stuff, which is pretty awesome, right? How many times do you want to buy Wildcats number one? <laughs> <laughs> I, I think you're single-handedly half the copies of Wildcats number one on the resale market. <laughs> And it's pretty great. So when you are buying stuff as a kid, you get like maybe issues one, then maybe four, then seven, yeah, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. Especially Piece together those stories in your mind. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's incredible to actually find an issue at that of that missing puzzle. Yeah. And be like, oh, that makes so much sense <laughs> because three issues later, this guy did this and mm. that was the setup. Oh man, this is so cool. So it it, it you know, having those those mysteries get solved just by collecting back issues is is one of the reasons why I continue to collect comic books. Yeah. That that's one thing digital's done for me, filling in those gaps. You said rebuying, but it was like yeah. I gave away my collection yeah. and ended up digitally buying so much of those You're things. Buying it back, yeah. Right. Yeah. And then those gaps, because I sometimes like my brother or, or someone who like, you know, has access to my collection will be like, why do you just randomly have like three, seven 12 15 yeah, and i was like when me. i yeah and i was like when i was a kid i those were the issues i didn't have so i didn't know what happened in 3 7 12 15 so now not an issue of exo manowar i like it exo manowar number 14 mm -hmm. just because i remember seeing that cover as a kid and reading that comic book i have no idea what happened before or after but i remember him you know diving into the pool having his adventure all that sort of stuff in that comic book and it just took me back to being a kid and being like what is up with this art? Because they tried some really funky thing in Valiant where it looks like muted colors um, in those early issues. Mm, that's and that's always stuck out to me as being strange just because, okay, Valiant does it like this. Marvel does it like that. DC does it like this. And you see the different uh, types of production mm -hmm. in these back issues or in these comics. Really. Yeah. It, it's funny you mentioned wanting that break from the digital and that's why you've stayed physical yeah. i realized just by you having that conversation that i was really big going all digital then the pandemic came i was teaching through a computer screen all yeah. day i stopped watching as much tv as i was before and i stopped reading books digitally because it was again i needed a break from that and i kind of broke the habit and i think that's kind of why i fell off from reading digitally and i'm really big on like, yeah, let's get that physical book here. Like, let me buy a physical book and see it. I'm more trade paperbacks and hardcovers, put it on a shelf after I'm done because I had given away all my single issues. I'm not about to get back into that. Yeah. But, um, and I think it's just like you're, you run out of space for it. Yeah. And like you share <laughs> a habitation space. And, you know, it's hard to have a place for like 16 long boxes of comic yeah. books. Where are those? Uh, I give them to my brother. My brother is the guardian of my collection, and he has them stored, hopefully not in a damp, dark place. Yeah. But, but when I gave it away, I knew it was no longer mine, so I don't lose any sleep over it. But then I have the space to build the studio, <laughs> you know, in my home. Yeah. I can't do both those things. I can't have 16 long boxes. How large is your collection? I have somewhere around 7,000 to 7,500 
issues and they're stored in very creative places. So I have a couple <laughs> closets. <laughs> I have a couple closets because like you said, you we, like, we share spaces with like, wives and family. Mm. My boys have an entire playroom and I build them shelves so they can display all their Legos and action figures. And I can't even get a shelf on in the, <laughs> in the playroom. So apart from comic books, I started collecting um, action figures because the boys really like them. And, yeah. and it's something that I share with the littlest one. Yeah. My eldest son likes comics. So um, he has his pool list at the shop. So that's why we still go to the shop. And I'm, I'm that's how I still keep Nightwing and whatnot. Um, and what he collects is like mini series. So you'll have like a, a Marvel Avengers tech uh, one through five. And then that will switch over to Marvel monster tech one through five. And I see a lot of mini series and that's what he, he gravitates to not your traditional ongoing uh, story of Spider-Man, you know, issue 300 and whatever. Mm -hmm. I wish you were my dad. <laughs> <laughs> it's nice. So it's, it's, you know, you guys, you no kids, right? No, no. Right, and, and no kids? No kids. Okay, okay. No. No so kids. once you have kids and you, you want to be a good father, um, the goal, of course, is to do as much with the boys, right? Or, yeah. you know, girls and whatever. Um, as much with the children. So whenever you get the opportunity to kind of find some commonality yeah. with a hobby that you truly love, mm. um, it, it kind of works for, for the kid and the, the yeah. parent. Yeah, yeah. So we had a, a lot of commonality early on on fishing. Unfortunately, the... <laughs> The fishing hasn't stuck to it. Uh, the boys just like catching fish, and the days that you don't catch fish, well, <laughs> they don't like it so much, and uh, it kind of kind of sucks. But the the comics, you know, you just go into a shop and all you have comics there, and then oh, I want to get this back issue, and especially Hector, we've been able to kind of set him up to um, will buy like runs off of eBay, um, so he'll get the full set, and then he you know he maintains it. He has his own little short box and stuff like that, and he'll yeah. have his full set. And then, you know, he's like kind of a completist. But like I said, he only focuses on, on miniseries. So he hasn't gotten into detective comics where he now has to collect 900 issues or whatever, yeah. which is good. Yeah. I do that with my niece. I come up with excuses to buy things so that she can play when she's here. Yeah. So it's like you can't see it on the set here on camera, but you see like all the Nintendo figures, the, that Bowser ship, uh, Peach's Castle. I, I'm like, I'm going to buy it so you have something to play with when you're here. Like, what an excuse. Like, come on, man. Like, I'm obviously making an excuse to buy these things for me because I was like, what am I going to do with it? But like you said, find that commonality. If I have to play with her, then, okay, you're going to get some Jedi stuff. You're going to get some, you know, she has a full Rey costume, lightsaber, you know, Princess Leia is a hero. Like, oh, yeah. you, you try to impart that to the That's next true, generation. Yeah. She's, yeah. Into, she's into, I don't even, she's into Pokemon cards now. Yeah. And I don't even think he's super into it. But that's all I buy her now. <laughs> like, she's a girl, so guy, it's, it's Pokemon cards is a guy thing, right? Typically, yeah. Yeah, typically. So I want her to have better cards than the boys. <laughs> so I'm like living through her. <laughs> I don't think she cares, but. Well, and then that's the other thing, too, is like, you got a heads up on the kids because like they depend on their parents. Their parents probably don't even know anything about mm -hmm. it, but you're an expert. Yeah. So you're like, I'm going to go get that exclusive deck. I'm going to get that limited edition. Talking about action figure collection. Wait, but really quick. Oh yeah, go ahead. Where do you hide? Where do you put your comic books? You said you have creative ways. Yeah, I have a closet. I have a closet which I'm trying to turn. I'm trying to customize the closets because, like, like I mentioned, I'm buying action figures, and I'm, I'm basically just buying action figures. I I wanted it as a kid, never had the opportunity to get it, mm. um, and still in the card. So the idea is to have an X Men Toy Biz uh, set of figures displayed. Yeah. 
next to a Toy Biz Marvel Legends one, just because those figures are so different of when I was a kid, when I was a kid and watching, you know, the cartoons and then reading the comic books to when I was like in college, like the figures just like just became so much more yeah. interesting and, and articulated in detail and whatnot. You see um, some of the toys that, that, that they have now, and it's like, yeah, man, if only. Right, like, right. So we had figures that would just kind of, like you would have a set like punch type thing and then would go up and down, and your legs would also move, mm -hmm. right? And then maybe you came with one accessory, like some really yeah. large gun that didn't quite fit yeah. properly in the in the hand. Um, and then you, you know, you, you played whatever adventure with that stuff, and that was great. But it'd be nice, I would like to see, you know, uh, Toy Biz, uh, X-Men team, uh, Marvel Legends, X-Men team, same characters, kind of like Jim Lee uh, era mm -hmm. uh, figures. And actually, I have a full, like, giant size X-Men Toy Biz run, uh, Toy Biz set, and then a Marvel Legends set. And that's what inspired them trying to get it on the uh, Jim Lee era, too. Because I loved, I, I still think, of, of all the comic books I've read, giant size X-Men number one is right up there with just great story, introducing new characters, great, great art art yeah um, right yeah on giant size x-men number one that's um it's not john byrne who came before john byrne um john byrne's father I'm, in my head i'm thinking kurt swan but that's a superman guy <laughs> it wasn't john byrne's father it, came no. before john byrne <laughs> <laughs> and then his father before him oh uh, it's, it's such a it's such this a is why shame. you're the, you're the yeah, super yeah, big guy yeah, yeah. Don't, don't put that on me it didn't come out in, after 2020 <laughs> i gotta look this up it's this guy oh, it's, oh, gonna, oh, it's gonna kill you right if yeah. you don't be while you while you check that out yeah you mentioned action figures and lincoln gave constantly on the show talk about how it's therapy for yep. us and i've been holding on to something i want to say resentment but definitely <laughs> definitely a memory for a lot of years and i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna share it here i for some catharsis you know to just finally put it behind us i bought you a maximum carnage um spider-man set for your birthday right it had scarlet spider it had kane it had uh who else uh spider-man with the big black spider and the like wristband webbing you know yeah. the suit that he had yeah, at i remember that time, right so it was like an eight player set but I had one figure that you didn't have, which was Spider-Man 2099. Oh, yes. yeah. I remember that. You remember this? I still okay. love that figure. Yeah. You still have it? No, I don't. Oh, but you love it. I love it. Okay. Yeah. I love it, too, because yeah. it's like the one that got away. Yeah. He had a cloth I, cape? Yes, yeah. Cloth, cloth cape. cape. Yeah. So you didn't have this one. I think he came with, like, for, for whatever reason, so Spider-Man, right? A character that has web spinners and, or web shooters and whatnot. He came with, like, a giant axe. You remember that? <laughs> he came with a giant axe that was on fire. Oh, Do you it was remember for that? Fortnite. They were setting up oh, the... Oh, gotcha. <laughs> Gotcha. yeah great figure yeah so you, do you remember how you obtained that figure no okay so we collected dc um impact cards I oh believe they were called. great set yeah, yeah they were like three dimensional yeah. cards yeah. i said that we're three dimensional three dimensional cards because like you could touch they had like, like an imprint yeah right. superman was coming right. out uh of it right right and of you could feel yeah of the card not the right? closet no <laughs> uh not yet <laughs> but uh all it's the Sunday. characters it's Sunday. yeah yeah uh happy for him yeah. um so all the characters are coming out of the card yeah right and we had a bunch of them yeah. we bought a bunch and you had a stack like this of doubles that you had and i mean they were worth a lot i mean they were worth more than the figure that i had like retail value right so you said, I will give you all of these doubles that I have for your Spider-Man 29. 
And I was like, this guy's a sucker. <laughs> so my Spider-Man 29 is like 12 bucks. I don't know what they were. Eight, 12 bucks tops, right, at the time. And these cards are five, like $5 a pack. And he's just going to give me like 30 of them, right? So we traded. And you took my Spider-Man 2099. And then I was so happy for like a few days. I put them in the in the card holder. Yeah. Like they filled the collection. They were all cards I needed. But then after the days passed, I realized. Play with that? No, he didn't lose anything. They were doubles. They were they doubles. doubles. They were yeah. doubles. They had no inherent value to him anymore. <laughs> I gave up something I loved for his leftovers. Yeah. And to you at home, just listening, look up Spider-Man 2099. This is probably one of the best Spider-Man redesigns out there. That costume is just awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Did, did you like the Spider-Reverse movie? I did. Yeah. I did. Are you, so you're like, I don't know, excited, but like anticipating the the next spider reverse movie um i no longer i no longer have any type of like expectation right yeah, from yeah, these yeah. movies I, I it's more for the kids the yeah, boys the really kids, liked right. it but this one has 20.99 in it yeah so, so that's, that's like a big benchmark i think to cross over to the mainstream like right and they so sony is is i don't know how they're promoting the movie right but you have just uh, recently the blue beetle drop mm -hmm. the trailer right yeah and that, that kind of shows jaime reyes a hispanic male yeah uh, Spider Man 2099 is Hispanic male as well. Yeah. They should be promoting it just yeah. as well. Isn't it? Isn't it? Uh, Oscar Miguel, Miguel O'Hara. O'Hara. Yeah. O'Hara. Yeah. That's right. Because he has like an Irish father, but You're right. like. But it's Oscar Isaac. I believe Mexican right? descendants. Yeah. yeah, Oscar Did Isaac is playing. The trailer? The, for which one? I haven't seen any of the The shows. new trailer dropped today. No, yeah, I, I, like I said, I've been trying to avoid trailers. I know sometimes I. What usually happens is when a monthly episode comes that I catch up on trailers because we're going to talk about it on that episode. The way that they opened it was actually very interesting. Do you want to know what it is? No, I mean, sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. Um, they opened it with uh, Toby's Spider-Man emblem. And like, just, they basically do every Spider-Man. They do Toby, they do Andrew, and they do Tom mm -hmm. with each of their Spider-Man emblems uh -huh. and then a line from their movies. Really? Audio. Interesting. And I then, have heard rumors that they will be in it. And then the trailer, like, but like live action, like not animated, just okay. like live, like from clips from the film. Okay. Um, And then they jump into the... Um, the what the film was going to be about and because i hadn't really like known much about yeah. like what oscar isaac was doing like who miguel o'hara was um and i'm not even i'm still not even sure like if that's his role in the comics but i guess the premise is that he kind of like brought all these like different spy like a super spider-man team together yeah and and i know that he's kind of at odds with miles at, about a certain like something about choosing like for like someone's life for for like the majority, I guess. Can I be honest with you? You just blew my mind because halfway through that, I, th I thought we were still talking about the Blue Beetle trailer. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, they got Tom Highland and Tobey Maguire? This one's going to be crossover. sick, bro. <laughs> Where's Miguel from? The, the best part of those Spider-Man movies is the uh, the out of, the, 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 the down on his luck Peter Parker. Yeah. Favorite oh, oh, yeah. I yes, love Nick that Miller. guy. Uh, Peter Parker. Yeah, that guy. I love that guy. He's one of my favorite He's actors. He's one of... So whenever my wife was watching TV and he's on it, I will stop. So she had like a new girl yes. phase. Yeah. Every scene that caught that with that guy was fantastic. You would only pop in for his scene. <laughs> no, I would pop in and like if he wasn't there, then I would definitely yeah, exactly. pop out. And if he was in, then I'd stick around for a little bit, actually. Yeah. I love Nick Miller. He was great in Jurassic Park. He's my favorite part. Yeah. Yep. What? He's in Jurassic Park. He's in Jurassic Park. He's just like, he's just IT. Right. That's it. He was like in The him. Mummy with Tom Cruise. Oh, serious? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never saw that. Yeah, he's like dead the whole movie. Like, he plays a dead dude. Spoilers? I don't know. Everyone's dead in that movie. Yeah. 
though. Um, I think you mentioned uh, jumping in like series to series, constant reboots. Yeah. Oh, it must be annoying. It is annoying. It is annoying. It makes the kind of the collecting hard. I think it's easier when you have a discouraging, a, a discouraging right? Because mm-hmm. you don't know, you know, this character that, you know, had, you know, X, Y, and Z qualities uh, suddenly changes. Like I mentioned, uh, Dick Grayson being hard to follow nowadays. He went through a phase where he was like a secret agent. Uh, I, what, what unfortunately, was that it yeah, was yeah. very hard <laughs> to follow that. When you're like, this is so, <laughs> so not in character for you know dick grayson why not just write a different book or you know create a new character so a a lot of a lot of what uh i think dc and maybe marvel face now right you have characters that will slowly start entering the public domain and you kind of lose control of these characters Mm -hmm. so you're creating newer characters or kind of Mm -hmm. repositioning new characters to show some sort of freshness and the gamble is it pays off but more times than not it doesn't with the existing fan base and I did stick through that Grayson run, um, uh, you know, and I did not like it, but I, I wanted to follow Dick Grayson. There was light at the end of the tunnel with the next reboot, kind of got it right a little bit, and um, then had a huge misfire by, you know, just taking the character in another direction out of nowhere, where now he became Rick Grayson because... Um, I'm sorry? He, yeah. That- yeah. You can't he say was, dick, man. You can't say dick, and you wear, can't put it in print. No. Does he have a mustache? He shaved I'm his Rick head. Grayson. Shaved his oh, head. He That's close enough. Yeah, he had amnesia from a bullet shot wound. Of course he had amnesia. Started calling himself Rick Grayson. Is there Grayson. a formula that they use to write these books? <laughs> <laughs> the, the the main part was to change the name, right? So how do we? How does a company Wait, change? Really? I'm pretty sure. Oh, yeah, oh I was joking. Uh, they wanted to get away from those type of jokes. Um, instead of embracing it, right? You know, Richard, you Richard? historically is uh, is, uh, oh, is a strong name, and the nickname for Richard has been Dick, at least for that character in specific. You know, you can go back to what nineteen thirty something, nineteen forties, and you know, Richard Grayson. Plus, Dick you gotta Grayson. own it, man. Grayson is is bigger than that name as an insult or anything like that. Right. Like, so that character has earned the ability to be called Dick Grayson without right. so much jokes, right? Just from being around and having whatever type of stories published of that character you know you get uh, a new character nowadays and you'll pop them out there and it would be a joke but you know dick grayson has stuck around since some of dc's earlier days and kind of have to stick with those major parts of the character to continue telling stories if not uh kill him off and do a new nightwing under somebody else but you cannot take an existing character and kind of shove him into a new direction because that then completely alienates the fan base. It completely, um, like even a new fan base, you would see this character and be like, what is this number one of Richard or of Rick Grayson? And just be like, this doesn't make any type of sense because you have the characters around that change all kind of wondering the same thing in those stories. So you're changing the character, but then Batgirl is asking uh rick grayson hey don't you remember being <laughs> dick, dick grayson or, or robin and batman doing this and alfred especially hey you know don't you remember this we gotta re- you know so it's just you had a different strange, haircut man you were so different such a strange story and that for sure i stopped collecting between like 20 issues until they kind of just hard reset it okay he's back and we're moving forward with the story and not really going to acknowledge that and he's big d now yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Dick grayson 
Why can't they call him Richard? And they do that to all the characters, right? They, you know, Superman has had that done. Spider-Man has had that done. Uh, Tony Stark has had that done. Captain America has had that done. There's a point where the story is somewhat stale to the publisher, maybe even to the readership, right? You look at one of the biggest relaunches or revamps is Heroes Reborn in our lifetime. Yes, Heroes right? Reborn. So, Which it, I say, like, with joy for reasons. Yeah. Because it's not like, I yeah. mean, I don't know how you feel about it. I love like, it. You love it. I love it. He always says this. He's always like, I love it. Like, love and it. I was like, I grew up and I was like, no, it wasn't good. I loved it when it happened, but yeah. like, it's love not it. good, right? Even, even if you read the, the previous uh, arcs, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going with that story and, you know, this, those characters, the Avengers, the Iron Man, Thor, they're all selling very low print runs because those stories are, are awful. Yeah. They don't stay true to the characters. Right. You relaunch them under, you know, the image guys. And they give him a shot of life. The and, art is sick. And, and, and the, the character designs. Like, those Fantastic Four suits are some of my favorite Fantastic Four suits. Right. And you have that guy. So he he kind of redid the X-Men. So he has experience with uh, reinvigorating these characters, bringing them to modern uh, tastes and whatnot. And they become somewhat successful. But there was an endgame, right? So you have your, your relaunch. And then the characters are fresh in the eyes of the readers again. And then you bring them back. To, you know whatever 616 universe and it kind of status fit. quo right back to status quo you guys have jumped in on these like reboots relaunches what's your experience been with those i just jumped in on the new 52 when it happened and i enjoyed it but then a few years later like they stopped it like they re you're right and i was like okay well that's it <laughs> <laughs> i mean i was excited with my issue ones of all the stuff i had i'm like oh this will pay off you know, this will pay, my this will pay for college. This will pay for college or my son's college. <laughs> but they keep on rebooting. It's like, oh, wait, so this, this is worth nothing anymore. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's like I, I stopped. Hang on to those issues, right? So they comics want, become, they can become valuable after Probably 30, 40 years. <laughs> I have the ones that I, I collected. And I'm, so I'm have to, I'm I have to, to stick to, no, I have to stick <laughs> to those strict guidelines of, of, within the parameters of yeah. what i want to collect right. because you, if not you, you have to it grows only only the rules yeah. create order in our lives or <laughs> we fall apart once you cross that line yeah um so the comic books they become more valuable right unless there's some sort of appearance in a film or appearance in a show and then all of a sudden this is the part of the business i do not like that one comic book that cost three dollars and should always cost three dollars um jumps up because now everybody wants that copy of let's say OMAC number one from the new 52 because OMAC appears in, let's say Blue Beetle. He's in Blue Beetle. Right. 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 And now you have a scramble. Oh, let me get my OMAC number one. Oh. Nobody has cared about this comic for 20 years or so. Yeah. Maybe, whatever. And it's so fake because no one still cares about <laughs> OMAC. Right. Like it is uh, artificial. It's, oh my goodness. It is the, the stock market. Yes. In comic books. Yeah. And it's like, why can't we keep anything pure? Right. That stuff is actually crazy. I have a, a classmate that's in the program with me. He's he's really into like collecting comics and like that's just some like more than just you know just watching the movies and stuff like mm -hmm. that. He just loves comics. Right. And like he collects, but then he also sells when like time comes. And he was explaining this to me. I think when um when they announced that uh, I was going to say Hugh Grant, Hugh Jackman, um, is returning as Wolverine. Mm -hmm. That I think a specific issue or several issues like their prices just like instantly jumped up. To the point where like he had certain issues that were like it was like at that point maybe like a couple hundred once they announced that i think he said that like they were worth like anywhere from like 35 to like seven thousand dollars right 
and a hike up in price and there's how like once something gets announced something drops there's like an appearance somewhere um that those prices you know get jacked up and and it's interesting like hearing it from him because it's like the comic guys usually like are you guys to me you know Mm -hmm. and it was someone that like you know i met from like somewhere else it's like i haven't really met a lot of people that are into comics like that so it's interesting like listening because you guys aren't in the like in the business of like selling those comics no you know but this guy like actively like keeps up with that stuff and i know like on some of them he's made like actually like really good money on that stuff but it's it's interesting like that other you know world like of like you know financial gain like from these from these books like as a hobby like you collect because yeah. you draw like they're fun and like you enjoy them but it's like thinking about it like if i were to collect you know dvds and movies and that like if they were worth like a bunch like how i'm trying to think of in comic terms because i don't own a lot of comics um but i have owned a lot of dvds and like yeah. selling that out i'm like that's kind of crazy to me how you're just like you know you give that away and i mean the money's good enough, I guess, in some instances. But, I mean, there's got to be stuff that, like, you want to keep. Like, you will never sell. Yeah, because that's the thing. As a collector, for me, it's never about the money. It's never about how much it's worth. It's about what I feel about, which sounds like such a stupid thing for, like, junk, basically, right? But how I value the item. Like, I got, like, a CM Punk Funko Pop, a Daniel Bryan Funko Pop when he was in WWE. And they've shot up in prices when, like, when they retired, when they came back, when they switched companies. And it was like, yeah, I can get like 200 bucks for, for it. I paid eight, you know, when I bought it. But it was like, but then I won't have it. Yeah, and if I it. won't have it, why'd I buy it in the first place? You know? It'll be, what am I going to do with 200 bucks? It'll be like your Spider-Man 2099. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to have 200 bucks in two weeks. <laughs> yeah, it'll just be like Spider-Man. Exactly. And, you know, and that's that. That's the... That that's the lesson I learned that day. It's like once you let something go, that's it. it's, gone. it's gone, and you never know if it's coming back. No. And it was like uh, with sports collectors, this happened a lot. Like I used to work at a, a sports school, and there were a lot of sports collectors, and it was a constant like, "This is my trophy room. This is my like souvenirs," and I sold it, and I made this much, and now I'm gonna buy some other thing. And that kind of like buying and selling, I was like, "That's that's not what a hobby is for me." And that's awesome. Like if you do that, because I think when I was younger and I was in college, I used to buy and sell a, a bunch of stuff like to get ahead. But I don't want my collection to be more work. I want it to be an escape, you know. And for me, like getting rid of something, then why did I really have it, you know, to begin with? No. That makes it hard to let go, which is like another problem. But yeah, I was because on the other side of that, because I it's not something like that I was you know doing as a hobby, but over the pandemic, I just started you know buying a lot of it was like electronics like either xboxes or like monitors or just random stuff because i was in chattanooga and people in chattanooga just like will let go of things for practically nothing yes like there was a couple times where like i bought a tv for like 60 bucks and there was like a little bit of like you know backlight washing where it was like a little like once the screen is completely black it was like a little faded Mm -hmm. there's no there really was no issue with the tv it came with a roku they gave this to me it was like a 55 inch tv for like 60 bucks I sold that thing for like $300. <laughs> and I'm just like, there's just certain things where it's like, you know, that's that's not like a hobby for me. That's not a collection that I'm building upon. Um, because that's what, that to me like gets to me. Because it's like, if it's something that I love, something that I cherish dearly, it's like, I don't know how I could like give that away. Mm-hmm. From my, like if it's someone that I, if I'm giving it to someone that I care about, you yeah. know, out of like love or like, you know, I'm giving this to you like out of reverence, like, you know, take care of it and stuff like that. And sure. But it's like, Attaching a monetary value to something that's so sentimental to you, I think, is mm-hmm. it's kind of hard for me to get around. Yeah, 
I think those guys who who do that are are more the hobby is you know flipping stuff and making money. Yeah. And that that's really where they get the kick out of it. Versus yeah. I got a full run of of Wolverine, so I have you know issue eighty eight where Wolverine and Deadpool fight, and that specific issue just because now it has that movie tie in, it, it's going up in value, and I, I want that eighty eight in between 87 and 89 yeah. right i don't mm-hmm. want that to break in my collection. missing piece yeah. in collection that's what oh, he going game. really quick oh, going yeah, back to giant size x-men number one the uh the artist was dave cockrum oh yeah and was it jim lee no no so for our listeners x-men who... number one is jim lee giant size x-men number one is dave cockrum yeah and both both comics actually are are fantastic that's a comic with like the green background or what's the back what's the color of that uh, the background is basically the old x-men uh and it's a kind of like a paper and the new x-men are kind of breaking through oh that's the one yeah okay so i think we we're both thinking about um like just the regular X-Men. for all the listeners that were on beta breath for 30 minutes they they weren't listening to any of that <laughs> they're waiting, they were waiting for, for socks response yeah. on that um gabe said that he like looks at us as the comic book guys and link kind of balked like me yeah but uh, to be honest, you're the one who keeps me up to date on newer stuff. You're like the what's his name, Zdarsky, run yeah, Chip Zdarsky of, of oh, Dare, yeah, Daredevil. Daredevil yeah. You're the one who has me buying those books so that you can read them. You buy them? Uh, no, I did like the first. <laughs> no, I was like, and then you're I'm like reading them on the library. Yeah, yeah, you're like you take too long. I read them on the library, and then like I remember there was a trailer for The Last Night by Scott Snyder, the one where Batman is that the name of the title where Batman has like the Joker head. Yeah. Right. There was a like an animated trailer, and you were like, you and like you you should check this out. Scott Snyder has a new Batman book, and I was gonna buy it too. But then you told me about the library. I was like, you know what? It drops the same day. Let's just read it for free. Oh, I don't think it drops the same day. That one did. Oh, that okay. one dropped the same day. So, and I read it like that first day, and I was like, interesting. Thank goodness that I did not buy this book. You read this book, right? Yes, I did. And your yes, thoughts? I did. Uh, it's it's an interesting Elseworld story. Really? You know, yeah, it's an Tell interesting. Tell me you liked it. I liked parts of it. Okay. I did not like the 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 final issue. The final twist. Yeah. I yeah. Did that, not that's like the that. ruined it for me. Um, but everything else, kind of the setup. You know, it, as long as it stays within that else world yeah. thing, I like all else worlds. You like the Joker head? Um, the floating Joker head in a jar. <laughs> I did not like that, but Scott Snyder takes the Joker character out of um whatever. A kind of reality is is in this mm-hmm. batman universe right? right and just makes him into like this ultimate unkillable character so it fits in the snyderverse but not in what i think is canon for Scott batman Snyder. Which is- <laughs> yeah, yeah not the zack snyder, <laughs> no, the zack snyder. Right. <laughs> no. we don't like that version <laughs> no we don't like that version either and i think you know i'm i'm glad the the dc universe uh movie wise hasn't gotten a lot of traction because a lot of those comics are still you know, affordable uh, to me. Yeah. Um, versus the Marvel stuff that just has gone completely uh, skyrocketed up because you know those movies are beloved and you're, you're growing your audience base somewhat. Not you know the people that watch those movies. I don't think so. Don't man. come to the comics. Yeah. Pick up issues, but they they would pick up keys, right? They'll say, "Oh, that's the first Green Goblin." I remember seeing William Dafoe as the Green Goblin. Mm-hmm. I want that issue, and that you know that's kind of like the 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 focus or the the fad of of the month for this person and you know they you know three or four of those people will jump up the price yeah i yeah go ahead i was gonna say like that was kind of like i guess my experience because i mean i grew up kind of reading comics but i mean movies are always my thing movies and like either television shows i remember i think it was like around when no way home was coming out that i started like i was just like in a 
and then like I was I was just wanted to read the comics basically. And like I would ask you guys like about like which Daredevil to read, which Spider Man run to read, and then I'm just like Daredevil, all of them. Yeah, you were you were <laughs> you were telling me miss. you were telling me specific ones. Yeah, and there's like this thing you were listing a bunch of Daredevil ones, and I'm seeing how many issues there, and I'm like, oh my god. Yeah. And then for Spider Man, like it got a little overwhelming because I was like, I don't know where to start. I yeah. don't know where to go, and it was all digital, like it was all there. Yeah. But I was like, does this connect to this? Does this like I. Well, I typed out a list in chronological it's order. It stumped me. The, like I, I yeah. gave up on Spider Man. I think for I think I just ended up reading um, Daredevil. Yeah, yeah, because Daredevil, from what I've noticed, every time they switch writers, they start all over. Yeah, yeah. And but that, but which makes it easier yeah. to read. Like if you if you if you're binge reading, right? But it's more rewarding if you've read everything. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. No, no, yeah, for sure. Because I was like, I can send you to Bendis, but it's hard. It's but will you really appreciate it if you haven't read Miller? No, no, because no, it's just retreading. Like, but it's hard to figure out when to, when to start. Yeah, and, absolutely. Yeah, just collect them all. <laughs> well, because that's what it was. It was like, all right, this is where you need to start. You yeah. need to read first of all, read Stan Lee's first initial thingy just to get established at the beginning, but then skip to Frank Miller, and then I gave you everything Frank Miller ever did, and then whoa, you can go whoa, to whoa, whoa, wait a second. You lose a lot of like so in the maybe eighties and nineties or maybe to one twenty. He goes to San Francisco. He has team ups with the Black Widow. It is great seventies comic books. Yeah, who writes that stuff? Uh, I don't know. Uh, okay, <laughs> I know Denny O'Neill stuff's I think really Conway good. Conway maybe does a couple of yes, those issues. I, Mark, Mark to be honest with you, some of that. but here, here's the thing: I'm trying to like limit this to like seven thousand issues. Yeah, because <laughs> that's the thing; it's just like the history of so, and and then there's gaps too. There's your knowledge gap because you're like like what you're saying. I've read some of that stuff, but not extensively. So it's like I can't be like these twelve issues, these fifteen issues. You know, so I can just give you like the high points, you know, and, you know, you got to read stuff like Yellow and Man Without Fear. Right. And because that's especially if you're look coming in from these like television. The knife. Yeah, we, we heard the like They probably didn't hear. But now that you've brought attention to it uh, oh, and now that you've dragged it across. Again. Oh, I got a cramp. I got a cramp. I got a cramp. Which one? That one or that one? This one. Wait, things, were, things are going so swimmingly. Oh, I'm glad you're in PT. 70s Marvel, by the way, is just fantastic. So you have the, the kind of the 60s is the setup, and then you have kind of Stan moving out of the way. And Stan's great. I, I love Stan Lee. Yeah, I do. Um, I love all his creations, all his his stories. They're just you know of the era and fantastic. And they're they're what a comic book should be, right? I agree with you, and I, I think a lot of new readers won't appreciate it though. Yeah. So I usually don't point people no. towards it. No. But when I go back and read that stuff, it's like this is what I was missing out. That's on. right. Yeah. And you, you, it's just, man, you know, super bombastic. The, the, the stakes are so high. It's so dramatic. The art is pushed. You can compare Marvel 60s to uh, DC 60s, and you'll see it night and day. Just, it's very dynamic, and that's what a comic book should be. And in the 70s, man, they really refined that, made it a little bit more mature, not too much, but it, it's just really great comic books. Marvel 70s, a great era. I'll ask you guys a question. This goes to everybody. Have comic books become too commercial or too mainstream? Yeah, too mainstream. Yeah, too mainstream. With people consuming them or with the people that are making them? I think just as conceptually. Yeah, conceptually, for sure. So, you know, there used to be a time when, you know, I would see a person in a Flash shirt. That person was a Flash fan, like Red, <laughs> Wally West, Barry Allen, and whatnot. Nowadays, I can walk up to somebody with a Flash shirt and, oh, I just got a Target. You know, I just yeah. got a Target. Um, I, you know, 
Ezra Miller's a Flash, right? Mm-hmm. Like, no. I'm like, no. <laughs> Dustin on yeah. CW. I watch it after Vampire Diaries. Sure, yeah. sure. That's the Flash fan, you know, for the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Uh, no longer the, you know, Wednesday warrior that, you know, lives in a basement <laughs> and is a major geek and whatnot. That and knows, knows that you can't show up on Tuesday. That's because right. Because they will be closed. That's right. Or not have the new comics. Right, exactly. Yeah. Actually, I think they switched that now. The new comics Tuesday is on Tuesday. Is it? I think so. That's how long I've been for it, DC so. because they switched um, their um, their shipping. That's right. They're no longer with Diamond That's Comics right. distributors. That's right. Which used to have like a monopoly on distributing right. comic books. Yeah, I don't. They all they all have separate distributors. Is that- yes. So I think uh, Penguin does one, and then Luna does another. I think Luna's DC and Penguin is more. Very interesting. That, that is was, very I don't interesting. Know, that was a big shakeup, a big cultural change yeah. shift. Yeah. What about you guys? Do you think comics are too mainstream? Or I mean, not that wasn't the question. That they makes are. it sound like such a like a like a hipster. They like, are. Oh, no, 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 they are. <laughs> I, I liked my little world of comic books. Mm-hmm. I liked, you know, I know Cyclops's real name is Scott Summers. I liked uh, you know, all that sort of stuff. And nowadays it's just out there for Everyone, everyone knows Tony Stark, uh, Steve Rogers, Captain America. They even know uh, Grant is his middle name. Sure. Um, but they, they <laughs> yes. and the problem is, you know, you haven't done the work, right? You haven't collected for 10, 20 years. You just watched a two-hour movie, whether it's good or bad, it doesn't matter. But you just saw the movie and it, it kind of sticks in your head, right? Yeah. This person is this, this person is that. And, you know, the Tony Stark character really does click because so many people like it. He's personable, he's charismatic, he's witty, whatever. Um, but really, Tony Stark was never like that. Yeah, right. Yeah, this is just you now just love Robert Downey Jr. And that's, that's another thing, right? That I don't like is when the movie is so influential. Now it's changing the character. So now in the comic books, Tony Stark has become uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, uh, Chris Evans did such a good job of kind of portraying the Captain America character. Mm-hmm. It's more or less the same. Yeah, but you have a big change too in Thor. He was never a funny character yeah. at all. And now they're bringing in more and more of that humor, which I, you know, if you like it, great. But traditionally, Thor is not uh, the whimsical guy. Yeah, and we've tried the multiple imprint stuff, the like Ultimate Universe. Yeah, it doesn't work. You always end up collapsing it. The reboots always get renumbered. The whatever big shakeup, whether it's death or rebranding or changing, like uh, passing the mantle on to another character, it always goes back to status quo. Yeah, it does. It goes back to those Stanley Jack Kirby creations, mm-hmm. right? At least for Marvel. Tried and true. Tried and true. And then you get, in DC, it's a little bit more different, right? You had the push recently to have uh, Jonathan Kent, which is Superman's son in the current continuity, uh, kind of assume the role of Superman. And then kind of take Superman off planet, give him some other adventures and whatnot. Um, Jonathan Kent could not hold a Superman title because character is brand new. Most of the collectors are maybe my age, Mm -hmm. right? So they don't identify as a Jonathan Kent fan. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, there's no fan base to support that. So they come back with Clark Kent, bring him back, uh, reinsert him into the DC universe again, have him reassume that role and whatnot, just what you're talking about. Yeah. And this has happened multiple times, not just for Superman, but other characters as well. Yeah, you end of, up with like three Wildcats, four <laughs> Flashes, 16 Green Lanterns. But speaking of Green Lantern, a fantastic comic to get into with number one, because they're... Uh, you have Hal Jordan um, kind of coming back from, uh, what, being the Spectre at yeah, that point? Spectre, right? yeah. <laughs> he, had, he had gone through such a wild journey at one point, right? 
He uh, turned evil, killed Parallax, uh, all, Parallax. all of the Green Lantern Corps. Yeah, I believe so. So this yeah. is this is a, like a revamp where they're deciding to really take a character that has somewhat grown stale. And if you read the the issue, so the change happens around forty of uh, I think volume two of this uh, character's. See run. the fact that you can do that—that's what impresses me. <laughs> like issue forty of volume two. Well, you remember that because you know issue fifty introduces Cal Rayner. Mm-hmm. I, I love Cal Rayner. Of course, I, I love that whole mask he has. I in do the, love too. Yeah. And and see that's the thing that the nostalgia glasses where yeah. I'm like, do I like him just because that's the toy I had? Those are the cards I collected. Those were the books. I don't remember anything except his girlfriend's head was in a refrigerator, right? But but like he he was an artist. Yeah. He was sensitive. He was different. I know Kyle Rayner, so I love him. Yeah, yes. he was a, yeah. I noticed one thing when I went back and started reading that that run. I was like, he's very different from the other like very different, yeah. very different. So you know. You know, and it makes sense, right? So there, the character is revamped, and the new Green Lantern is an is an artist, right? Somebody who can actually use this ring that constructs objects to maximize those objects. Which is brilliant. It's yeah. super brilliant because before, you know, Hal Jordan would do like a punching glove, do like a wrench, do like a Blame, like a tweezer yeah. to like pull somebody out of the water. It was very basic, and I don't know if it's the writer was asking for something, and the and the the the, the artist was like. I'm just going to do a punching glove. (laughs) There's a lot to these stories, right? That you have to go back and you'll say, okay, this is a guy who is writing the story in his, in his office by himself, Mm -hmm. then sending it to another guy who again is in his studio by himself. Most of the time he might have two or three other artists or maybe somebody helping. But for the most part, these stories are collaboration created uh, in isolation. Then they're sent to an editor who kind of reviews uh, the mix of the words and the art tries to get the best uh, dynamic uh, interpretation and maybe do a couple changes so it fits like an overall um, editorial mandate. So, um, and then there you get things like, oh, you know, uh, Green Lantern, Hal Jordan is is um, is not a fan favorite anymore. His stories are stale. He's been around since the 60s. Uh, let's get rid of him. Uh, let's first make him evil and then we'll bring in a new Green Lantern because then everybody will hate Hal Jordan before we bring in the new guy. So he'll turn exactly. Right? So and you see <laughs> this in wrestling, wrestling too. In comics. Yeah. It is pro wrestling in comic books. Yeah, it is. Pro- and you see it all the time in, in pro wrestling, uh-huh. right? How many times has Triple H uh, turned heel and baby exactly. face? They you know, back, yeah. they go back and forth. And you see the same thing in superheroes. But then lately, he's heel after WrestleMania. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then you'll see like, okay, Kyle Rayner has his run. Then again, now now he's turning stale, right? And let's go bring back how okay. Well, how is this? He had died as the yeah. Bad we went guy. through all that trouble turning him bad and then killing him and then turning him into that. A confused, ghost. That confused me at first because I was like, yeah. they're talking about like where what how what happened to how and how he like became parallax and and all that. And I'm just like, when when am I supposed yeah. to like is it they're gonna explain that? And then I was and then I had right. to like look it up. I yeah. had to like actually like deep mm-hmm. dive and I was like, oh, I have to read this issues first from like way back in it's the like day. It's like to be a comic book fan, you need to get like an associates, bachelor's. It is, it is back, way back. And then I was like, I have yeah. to go read these now. It is way back. So when you're reading Green Lantern number one, done by Jeff Johns and Carlos Pacheco, a mm-hmm. great artist. I, he yeah, just recently artist, passed away. That, that super clean lines, mm-hmm. great uh, storytelling uh, visually. Um, but that's like, you know mid 2000s let's just pick 2007 i don't really the numbers don't work with me I, i'm better with names and, <laughs> mm-hmm. and and images a but that story that they're referencing right of green lantern turning bad yeah is almost a decade and a half 
Yeah. Previously. <laughs> yeah. It's like the only one that knows what you're talking about is us. Right. Right. Anyone younger than us has no idea. And even then, me, I grew up like, I'll say reading, but I don't even know if I really read it or if I just saw the covers and like read like an encyclopedia about it. You know, the crisis stuff. I know Supergirl dies. I know Green Arrow gets killed. Mm -hmm. You know, I know, you know, uh, later than Parallax dies, all this other stuff. But then these characters are being reintroduced like Green Arrow's back because reasons. Kara lands on the planet again. Same Kara? No, different Kara. Why? I don't know. Because these books don't even have the time to explain their own. And it's like, did crisis happen? Yes. Did this happen also? Yes. Do they contradict each other? Yes. Why? <laughs> Multiverse. Move on. You right. know? Move on. Yeah. Move on. So you're setting up a story and then it's it's kind of like, like we were talking about Miami mm -hmm. earlier, yeah. you know, before we started recording. Uh, you build this exit and you think it's going to improve something, but it doesn't. And then you're like, okay, well, let's build another exit or another turn lane uh -huh. or something else. So you're going in one direction and with these creators and all of a sudden you hit some sort of obstacle. Oh, we have to kind of course correct and whatnot. And I'm glad I don't have that job. I'm on the fan yeah. side. Yeah, right? absolutely. We absolutely. get to collect and pick and choose what issues and what runs we follow. And I don't have to worry about, you know, writing the comic books. Uh, keeping those characters in whatever order the publisher wants to keep them in. I don't have to worry about drawing or designing these costumes or characters. I don't have to worry about editing or publishing. I like being on the fan side. Yeah, because that can be kind of daunting. It's mm -hmm. like people that create yep. that stuff. It's like you never really know how you know your work is going to be received. Yeah, yeah. And it's like if you take like a very like iconic character and then people just you know start crapping on what you do, it's like that's kind of that's scary. Yes. Like yeah. Yeah, it was like, those, those are the two fears. Like, growing up, I was like, I would love to do this. And then you grow up and you understand how it works. Like, <laughs> you just went through the method. It goes to the artist and the editor right. and then, like, the story group. And they all decide. And then, is it marketable? Is it blah, 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 blah? And I'm like, I don't want to be part of that process. No. Because then, by the end, is it even your product? And then, even if you come out on the other side, if I didn't screw it up and it was great, and then other people don't agree, I think I would be devastated. Yeah. I would be like, I'm never doing this ever again. And yeah. it's like... It's so much pressure. I honestly, my heart goes out to creators who put themselves in this position because it's it's unfathomable, especially in this social circle that we have where you get immediate feedback from anyone, especially people who don't like it. If right. people are upset and they're mad, you're going to hear that right quick. I mean, that's the thing. Like, I still like have like I talk all the crap I want about the Snyderverse, but it's like, I mean, I still like I respect him. Like the guy, like, like he truly like. I know that I feel like he does enjoy like these stories and stuff like mm -hmm. that. And he makes them like how he knows. I don't like necessarily agree with his takes or like how he, his directorial style, but like, I still like he, this guy is still like making movies. Yeah, he's and, like, doing he's, it. He's doing know? it work and he makes choices. I don't agree with them. Yeah. Whatever. Well, we don't agree with them in terms of the DC universe, right? In terms of Superman and Batman and all that sort of stuff, right. which are characters historically for kids. Mm -hmm. But those movies are, are not at all something I, I take my kids to. Yeah. But when he does those same choices in Dawn of the Dead, right? Yeah, yeah. Or mm -hmm. Army of the Dead. Yeah. Fantastic. So it's, it's not that. Right. It, yeah, exactly. Well, because these characters are venerated and it's like, oh, you go do something and I'll decide if it's good or bad, but you do something to something I already have a very specific exactly. vision in my head. And you deviate from that. It's like, but you could do it the best you can, but I'm not going to like it. Going back to that with, with certain characters, I mean, in the movies that you see, I know they, they, they pull from certain comic runs. Um, when... When you see characters like that, I guess, on the big screen, and maybe they're just different interpretations of, like, you know, the characters that you're used to, like, from the comics, 
does that you know bother you or you kind of just chalk it up to like you know what you know like they're doing their own thing it's now so before right so when you're 20 you are younger and you kind of have like a tunnel vision uh for a lot of things hey this is not right and you get mad and whatever but the older you get you you realize oh this is this really is just a business and these people have demographics and um i'm not in that demographic right they're targeting other people um so it kind of happened um, when i first got into collecting you see the demographic shift and the guys who hated crisis you know they still you know stayed and collected silver age comic books that's what they liked um they didn't like the new superman and everything else that came after so part of the business and they're trying to either go the other way from marvel right to have a different brand because copying is also it's good and it's bad you don't want to be the copycat even though mm -hmm. comic books in general it's super copycat, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they, new under the Bucky, Bucky comes back and then, oh, Jason Todd comes back. And, mm. uh, you know, this person dies. Oh, this other person dies. And this person gets a new costume. This, this other person gets a new costume. You know, it's it's constantly, especially when you collect both companies, Marvel and DC, you'll yeah. see the trends. And you'll see, especially in the 90s, which is, you know, where I focus my collecting at, you'll see when the image people start and then the trends affect both Marvel and both DC. And that's how you get the Fantastic Four, the Avengers, really start um, declining, right? Because they're trying to do what Image is doing. Yeah. But that's not Marvel comics, yeah. right? It is the same thing characters. with DC. One of my favorite storylines, and it's mine because, you know, I was a kid, is Bloodlines, right? But that's it. basically because Image was doing things like Youngblood, Wildcats, and whatnot. They just had to put blood in the title of some of their books. <laughs> you can't get more copycat than that, you know. Um. Yeah, and I think it's also like they have marketing groups that look at all these demographics, yeah. and and it's even if they're not copying each other, they're getting the same data, like they're getting the same info, and it's like these are what the kids are into. This is what this is what's working, and even movies are like that. Like you'll get two magic movies the yeah, same that's year, right. you'll get two, you know, two biopics about the same person, and it was like, well, that's how you get the influx of superhero movies, right? Yeah, because yeah. they're so popular, they make so much money. Let's just flood the market, and you'll have DC pump out their four or five movies before you would get maybe Batman, re Batman, right? Mm -hmm. And then when did Returns come out? It goes eighty nine ninety two. Okay, so you have a gap there of what two years, two and a half years, something years. like that, three years. And then in that gap, you didn't have any Superman movie, you didn't have any Captain mm -hmm. America movie that was, you know, worth watching. I mean, you may have had silly one that was yeah. made by Marvel, right? But they're they're again they're they're trying to copycat Batman, right? Right. right. And, and it's like Superman. Like, you'll have two great movies. You'll have two bad ones. That's it. This franchise is shelved, and we're not going to touch I, it for like a decade. You're not going to touch Batman's it. Batman's the same thing. Two good movies, two bad movies. All right, we can't sell Batman. Yeah. We're not going to shelve it. We're going to show it for about I a decade. I still like Batman Forever. Jim Carrey's awesome in it. Tommy Lee Jones <laughs> is awesome as Two-Face 2. And, and when you become a more of a fan of the Adam West stuff, yeah. Batman Forever really fits into that Adam West, Burt Ward. Yeah, and, and I understand that, but just as a direct sequel to Batman Returns, <laughs> like how is it the same series? Totally like, different. Yeah, totally like maybe different. a rebooted universe would have made sense, yeah. you know? Yeah. But, um, okay, last thing to end on this note. So what is it that draws us to comic books? We're all collectors at some level or have been at some point. It bleeds into all these other areas, facets of our lives. Because even if we're not super into movies or the cartoons, which I think most of us are, or whatever, it, we hear about these projects, we check them out just because they're in that same vein. What draws us to the genre of comic books and the medium specifically even today? I'll let you guys go first. Good story. 
I think it's, it's enjoyable. Yeah, it's like you know the stories you read like in a book, but you know it's adding art into that. It's it's bringing it's taking those action figures that you played with as a kid and putting mm. them on pages, and like you know, there's stories that like aside from like you create your own stories as a kid with your action figures with your toys and stuff like that, but you know you once you pick up on these characters, these you know iconic characters, these fame characters, you get to see, you get to go back and see, like what why are they so special? And, you know, the stories that they go through, I think, for some stories, definitely jump through the page, through the pages. And um, and you really and they gravitate, you, you gravitate towards it. They captivate you. Yeah, I think it's so beautiful the way you put that and the way that you mentioned story at, at its center. I think we've told stories through images since the very beginning, even before we put words to paper, we put we drew images on walls and then we added words to accompany them. And no matter how that communicable process develops over time, new mediums like film, television, et cetera, we always go back to pictures and words. It's the first way we learn to tell a story and to read a story. And I think we're drawn to that. It's just built into our DNA. I think the... The reason why I'm still drawn to it is I, is I like the characters, right? I like the thought of um, an alien crash landing into Kansas mm -hmm. and then being raised by Mon Pa Kent to have strong American values and whatnot, truth, justice, and the American way. Oh, and then not anymore, I, apparently. I, well, mm. in, in my canon, truth, justice, <laughs> and the American way, Superman is, is, is an American, uh, first and foremost. Um and like then, it's okay for that character to be. Everyone doesn't have to be, and we don't. And even you don't even have to agree. But like, let that character stay how he is. I'm sorry, this is a soapbox for me. Well, you know, he he has so much power. You know, he can still help other people yeah. all across the world. I have no problem with that. But first and foremost, he was born in this country. And you would think anybody that kind of grew up in Kansas, hey, you're American. Uh -huh. You know, yeah, yeah. that's that's it. Um, and I like that. I, I, it's also, it, it feeds, I think, to like a national conscious, this character. That, mm -hmm. that's, it is American creation, even though his creators were It's Canadian. part of Americana, right. That's right. right. It has it's been around since I was a kid. It's like, you know? I think you need to have a diverse set of characters, right? But it's like, it's okay if Captain America's like moral code is based on the time that he grew up with, because that's what he grew up with. Right. Superman grew up in Kansas. You might not agree with like everything. Maybe you're not like, oh, the American way or whatever. It's okay for this guy to think that, hundred percent, and for us to think differently or the same, you know. And and I just I think that's beautiful. I think sometimes we lose that diversity in characters. I'm sorry to cut you off. You're not. You're not. Don't worry about it. Um. So the characters is is the main reason to collect because you still like story, right? Uh, a nice story with a character that I've loved since I was a kid is fantastic, and especially when I have it in a floppy, uh, <laughs> and I'm not looking at a screen. And I'm not in the Snyderverse uh, on the big screen there. And I get to see um, Superman, Batman, you know, the, these kind of like crazy ideas of a guy dressing up like a bat, meeting other superheroes in a base, and then wanting to protect the world against uh, evil villains, right? Like Lex Luthor. It's so fantastic, these, these, these ideas. But it kind of fits when you read enough comic books. Mm. Like, I can believe that Green Lantern and The Flash can go back in time. Because Green Lantern shoots his uh, ray at the Flash, who's vibrating at a certain frequency, <laughs> and they open up some sort of portal, portal, and then jump through it, makes one hundred percent sense in that world, right? Because mm -hmm. I've been collecting comics for so long and following these stories, and uh, just those characters again uh, bring me back to 
um, when I was a kid and I was reading these comics um, right off the spinner rack, whether I got them at, at Albertsons or actually on the beach where I grew up, they had a, a newsstand and had two mm. spinner racks on it. One was DC, one was Marvel. And then in each of the racks, they had an independent row. So I would just, you know, go there probably three times a week and just spin them and then, you know, pick whichever comic books I wanted. It takes me back to that time when I was looking at basically the offering of Marvel, the offering of DC and seeing these characters. And that, that still brings me back and still makes me happy. And I'm glad that the hobby hasn't really taken more than, than what it's taken, right? Mm -hmm. there, there, there's hobbies that take you so far, right? Like if you're going to do skydiving, that's like a whole thing. And I see guys fall down that mm -hmm. rabbit hole or with fishing. Then you're going to buy a boat. Then you're going to buy like five different rods, et cetera, et cetera. Mm -hmm. My issue is, is I got a closet full of comics. That's right. <laughs> you got worse, like you got worse problems you could have in your yeah, life. Yeah, exactly. I can, I can like, you know, classic cars and I have, I need a garage for 20 cars. You know, comics is not so bad at the end of the day. And the characters are great. The stories are amazing. And um, it uh, it's nice to share, especially with my sons, because they, they're in that age where they like that amazingness. They like, you know, Batman and The Flash and whatnot. That's cool. Yeah. Comic books, when done right, they're safe. Yep. They're simple. And they share the stories that we look for. And we keep searching that security in the arms of tight-covered, bulbous men and women, <laughs> right? Who, who believe in something greater than ourselves. And as we continue to search for that safe and security, we're th thankful to have you here with us today, Sock. Can I plug Zap to the future? Yeah, really absolutely. Quick? Go right. So if you're liking comic books and liking superheroes, check out the last episode of Zap to the Future. Um, it has a special character created uh by myself and my, you know, I think the email character was created maybe 10 years ago. Um, and we kind of dusted, uh, dusted him off, brought him into the Zap to the Future universe. It takes everything from Adam West, Batman that I love, and my sons actually love it too. And then it kind of interjects them into a future adventure where he has, you know, internet-based powers and stuff like that. It's adventures in the 31st century. It's super fun. I wrote uh, the story with my sons. And again, the, the joy of the Adam West Batman show is in that episode. And it's just a bunch of fun. Yeah. And I'll give it. I listened to the show myself. It's been a ton of fun seeing like the creative vision and hearing the like family come together. Yeah. If you have a daughter, son, niece, nephew, little cousin, get th make this their first podcast. Okay. <laughs> so that in a couple of years, they're old enough to listen to this podcast. Yeah. Okay. But check it out, listen, uh, follow, subscribe, support, all that good stuff. We'll get that info up there. And till next time, keep searching.